Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. We want to thank you guys so much for coming in um, and listening to this podcast week after week. So many of you guys have um, said some encouraging things, and, you know, we greatly appreciate the likes, the follows, the comments on on all of this material, whether, you know, you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even through our app or website. So we just want to thank you guys. If there is um, any questions, of course, or if you guys have content that you would like some more information on um, that you want us to bring up in these Beyond the Row podcasts, hey, just let us know. So today um, we are diving in a little bit deeper from this past Sunday's message. We are still in the sermon series, Flawed Heroes of the Faith, and this whole month has been um, a really cool opportunity that we get to hear a lot of other speakers while Nate's away. Hello! (laughs) For those of you that don't know, that was Mr. Bill Jones. He was um, our speaker this past Sunday at Avidoo for both our 9 and 11 o'clock sermons, and... um, it's not true. It was not your first time speaking. No, no, not here. It was the second time, actually. So I, I also um, teach at CR on Wednesday nights um, for that. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember your first sermon that you gave a few months back. Gosh, every time I hear you speak, it always it always speaks to me a little bit. That's encouraging. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I know it's the Holy Spirit through you, but, you know, I'm just glad that you're a catalyst for that. Yeah, appreciate so. that. I'm it was, it's an honor to, to be able to be asked um, to speak with, you know, the church leaders, and uh, it's humbling. So I'm, I'm really, really humbled to do it. I love doing it. I love reading the Word, and I like preaching it. So it's, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Before we dive too deep into our conversation about Sunday, um, just a couple announcements for everybody. Uh, the reason why Abe is not with us today is because of Reach Mansfield is actually going on this week. So if you guys would you know, join us in prayer for all of the students and everybody involved in that, we hope that not only that they're having a great encouraging time, but that, you know, that they're learning about Christ on a deeper level and building relationships during this week. Uh, we also want to remind folks that the Maven Conference is coming up next month. Um, that is going to be an awesome opportunity for families, especially parents, um, getting more equipped for um, you know raising your family and raising your kids in this strange political dynamic world where you know Christ isn't the focus. But of course, as Christ followers, we we desire Christ to be the focus and the central unit of of our families. And the Maven Conference, you know, is going to help give you some tools to do that. You can find out more on our website website or our our app. But for today, boom, episode three, we are here, we got BJ, and we are going to talk. So, flawed heroes of the faith. When we met that afternoon, and I asked Mark this too last week, when we met that afternoon at Panera, um, and when Nate gave gave us the spiel about, hey, this is, this is what I'm thinking, you know, did you have your hero picked that day, or did you have to think about it? So it was it was both. I wanted to do three, honestly. Okay. I wanted to do um, the boy that gave his lunch. Okay. Because he has, he has like one verse, <laughs> but he literally co-labored with Christ. Yeah. And taught the disciples, you know, how to be have have childlike faith, and that always spoke to me. And also, like the woman that anointed Jesus's feet, and one of the um, things that he said that would like transformed my heart was. Because she has been forgiven so much, she can love 
much, love mm. a lot, yeah. you know, and that's the fuel for the kingdom, you know, is love. So I almost used that, but so I wrestled with it, but it would have been too long. So um, he, I narrowed it down and I, I felt led to do the man of the garrisons, which is um, near and dear to my heart. I'm, I like, I like that story a lot. Yeah. Um, with that story, I mean, you, you said it was near to your heart. I mean, is there something about that man that maybe you connect with on a personal level? Every single verse of that yeah. I can connect with. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Yeah, so I, I I came from a dark place, you know, addiction, homelessness. Um, I've actually, like in the sermon you've you heard where um, one time I was, you know, not in my right mind and I used a steak knife to scar my leg. And, mm-hmm. um, but all of that came to when Jesus met me in that dark place and changed me and my life was turned around. Um, in an instant, like one encounter with Jesus changed me. And then I had several after that, and I keep having them now. And um, I just have <clears throat> just a fire in my heart over preaching freedom to God's children. And that's what I, that's where my conviction comes from, you know, it's that, that essence of freedom that He provides every single one of us. Yeah. And uh, I don't like um, society or, anybody else for that matter, trying to confine Jesus's freedom, you know, so. Yeah, um, you know, the idea of being free in Christ is something that, is, is something that I think people hear a lot, but then on the other side of the coin, they always hear, well, you have to be a slave to Christ, you know, so there's like this weird, you know, I guess that's a dichotomy where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, am I free or am I a slave or am I both? Or how does that work out? How do yeah. I play that out in my life? That's pretty neat. I like, that's the stuff that I love wrestling with. Yeah. So it's like one of the, I forget what spiritual writers it was, but he was probably a hermit or a mystic one. And he was like, I think it might've been Augustine. He said, um, give your life to Jesus and convert and then do whatever you want. Saying that, you know, when you, whenever you convert or whenever you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have a heart desire change. Mm -hmm. And in that desire, you won't want to do the things that you used to do. It's literally, it's freedom. So what you're going to do and desire to do now isn't going to be the same Mm -hmm. that you came to. So, um, yeah. So that's what that freedom is. It's almost like, you know, a freedom from your old self or a freedom from your past. Yes. Sort of a thing. Yep. I think that's really cool. So when you were, um, okay, so so you had the idea in your head pretty much right away. When it came to, um, you know, studying for this sermon or like th- points that you really wanted to highlight that you thought were the most important things that you just knew that you had to say, how did you pick those things out? Um, so the first one was when, because I, I studied this before and I've actually spoke this message before when I was locked up, but... What really, really hit home was the beginning part of it where I wanted, or the Lord wanted Avenue Church to know and everybody else to know that when you get into the boat with Jesus, like you're enlisted in an army and that has a whole bunch of stuff that comes with it. Um, We talk about the full armor of God and, you know, I see, or I don't want to see like men of God being stagnant, thinking that Christianity is, you know, a Sunday religion, a one-time event something that my mom told me to do, like, this is like a battle. Um, Mm. And it's probably like a bad reference because I don't watch that stuff anymore, but it's almost like 300, you know, and it's like that kind of um, 
fierceness. I mean, that's at least my experience. And normally when I hear somebody say that Christianity is boring, it's like I, I don't question their faith, but I question, like, where, what are you going after? You know, yeah. like, what are you doing? Because sure. it's anything but easy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I think... Um, I think if I'm being really honest, I probably was one of those people once that thought that Christianity was just kind of like, okay, you can't have fun anymore, you can't do, you can't do anything that your friends are doing no more, you know, you got to be this goody two shoes sort of a personality. I think I was that person, especially like when I was like in youth group and stuff like that, and that's probably what led me to stray when I was in college, because all of a sudden it's just like, you know what? I just want to be, I just want to figure out who I am, but I can't do that if I'm holding on to this religion you know, sort of a thing. And um, obviously, if you're a listener, uh, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, don't follow in that example, um, because it led it led to it led to problems, you know, in my adult life. And it led, led, it led to sin that that still haunts me. And, um, you know, that I'm still dealing with as a 34 year old man. I mean, this is, gosh, um, you know, 15 years later, sort of a thing. And yeah. the idea of I don't know, the idea of being a man of God and, like you said, okay, I'm going to use your analogy, that mm. we're in a battle, mm. right? Something that that particularly strikes a nerve with me about, and Alex Black, if you're listening, you're probably <laughs> smiling right now, because maybe you've been waiting for me to say something like this, but I realize, just in the last six months or so, that um, I am a man that was born and raised in the same town my whole life, okay? Grew up in the same church my whole life. Um, my, my influence of the outside world is actually very, very small, you know? I am a very, very sheltered person, okay? And not even so um, sheltered, but, like, I have not been able to witness a lot of gun-ho you know, men of Christ in my life to influence me, you know. I've had earthly men influence me, you know, whether it is, you know, relatives that are, you know, macho construction workers, or whether it is, um, you know, on the other side, like, like frat boys and things like that when I was in college of what I thought a man was, you know, and then I come to find out, no, no, that, that is just what the earth says a man is. That is not what God says a man is, you know. Like, men of God, we cry. Shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept, you know, and he's the manliest guy I know, right? For sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, more so than any of us, and like, if that's who we're striving to be, and if we're supposed to walk like Christ, then, okay, put yourself into Christ's position, you know, why did he cry, you know, or like, um, why did he care for the woman at the well, the woman that was caught in adultery, you know, Um, He was writing in the sand, Mark, Mark Dennison, this is a shout out to you. When you recite that story, um, Mark says like he, he, maybe he was looking down because he didn't want to look at that woman lustfully because she, assumingly she was in tattered clothes and beaten and half naked sitting there. You know, she Hmm. was caught in the act, you know, you have to imagine she was vulnerable, you know, and he kept his eyes down and like honor, respect, you know, he knew what temptation was, but he obviously never succumbed to it. So all of these things. And then I think about myself, and I'm just like, wow, I failed every single one of those. You know, if I was walking alongside Christ, it is no surprise to me that the disciples didn't click and get it right away. 
you know, until Jesus was like, are you so dull? How long do I have to be with you guys? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I would have been right there too. Right. He had some one-liners that, like, I think we skip over, like, one of those, yeah. you know. And you know what was interesting, too, about, like, not to go down a rabbit hole, but that story is, like, where was the man at that was caught in the doctrine? Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just the woman. So I thought that was always interesting. Yeah. But, and, but, but, but anyway, so, yeah, the idea of being a man of God— um, I think that's really, really cool, and that's something that I gravitate towards because I'm so sensitive to it, and because, I, I don't know, I think I'm just becoming more and more aware of the, as the Spirit is revealing things to me. And I think thing. that, too, like, so, you know, men, they do cry. Like, you can't be close to Jesus without weeping. Like you said, Jesus wept. You know, you have to be, you don't, I'm not saying that you're, if you're not prone to being emotional, that's something, but, you know, every man should at least have a tear in his eye or have a soft spot. Sure. Know? That's you know, you get your heart of stone out and he replaces it with a heart of flesh. And I've seen yeah. that many times with men that have had hardened lives and they just, they cry. And, yeah. they, and you, some of them have been in our church, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, so, for sure. um, and also too, I think like with <clears throat> um, the Christian faith that I've known and, you know, these last few years is that the women have been leading the majority of it. It's starting to shift now. But I feel like men think that confrontation or standing their ground is not biblical because it's not peaceful. And I think like when we have a secured identity in Jesus, we can have hard conversations with people and um, that need to be said and get it, get it out and, and not come off as like being offensive. I think a lot of people have a problem being taking offense you know, the truth, and, like, we have to, like, skate around it. But, you know, a man of God's going to say it. You know, you can say it in a way that's not, even if it's loving, the, that person's heart might take it no matter how, you know, loving it is, they're going to take it in the wrong way. And mm-hmm. I think as as men or even, you know, women, not just men, um, I think that we need to be mature in our faith enough to be able to stand in that and, and get them where they need to be. I like how you put that, a maturity in faith, yeah. you know. Um, it's one thing to go through an earthly sort of maturity where obviously, you know, our physical bodies are changing and all of this stuff. But then to have a maturity in your faith, that signifies that there has been spiritual growth and that you were once a spiritual infant. Then maybe now you're in this toddler sort of a thing and you're not quite at the adult mode yet, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're kind of getting there and you're learning some of the traits. And then and then from there, you get to, you know, lead alongside people or you get to lead another person or maybe you're going to lead a group or something like that. True. You know. We had we had one, um, we were, I'd lead a small group with Tyler at Yarger and um, we were looking to a book to read and, you know, we were talking with Mark about what to read and there's a wonderful book. It was really, really good. It's Wild at Heart and mm-hmm. it was like rediscovering like male spirituality and I thought it was really, really neat. One of the things that they said in the book is that there's something wild that is inside of a man, you know, and it meant it in a good way. And it was beautifully put in Scripture because when you read the Scriptures or the Genesis account, Adam was made outside of the Garden of Eden and then put in it. Mm-hmm. So he was he's always, like, there's something in your DNA as a male that you always want to be out like yeah. out that way, like adventure, finding it. Like there's a part of you that's going on the camping. outside. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like going out in the woods, you know, and it was really interesting too, though. So it's like, um, man, I forget where I read this at because I read a lot. 
um, and I pull from different stuff, so sorry if I can't quote it. Mm. But it wasn't me. It didn't originate with me. It says that in, in male initiation, you know, that um, a man needs to be out in an environment that he can't control so he can be humbled, you know. Mm. So I'm like, man, that's the stuff that's like. You that just, is deep. <laughs> yeah. Man, I see, love that stuff, man. That makes me wish that I enjoyed reading. <laughs> Because reading is really hard for me. I read out loud faster than I read in my head because I'm so scatterbrained. Like, I, I can't keep focus. Reading is so hard for me. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I think God is testing me or at least or at least putting me to a little bit of a challenge because I've always told people, no, I'm not going to read that. You know, I, you know, I, you know I, reading scripture is hard enough for, for me to stay diligent and stay with the plan. And um, I've always told people I hate reading. This year alone... I have been gifted like six different books. I'm not even kidding you. You know, Beth Ann just gave me another book and put it on my desk like like two weeks ago. And it's just like, I wonder if God is saying, you have the time, quit doing all this other junk, and just, you know, take some quiet solitude and just read. Yeah. You know, I wonder if that's what God is asking me to do, because reading has always been a challenge, but... Me too. That book sounds really, really good. It is. And and just to, like, just to relate with you is, um, for me to read the Bible, to sit down, like, to do it in a year, I only last probably about maybe two months. Mm-hmm. But when I, when, I, um, when I sit down and read Scripture and study it, I literally have to read it, and I have to write it down. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, my mind goes everywhere. But okay. there's something in writing it down that I can retain it. Once I have it, it's good. Yeah. Um, and normally, like when I do like the sermon preparation, like that, I don't sit down in like a four-hour block time and get it done. Yeah. It's like a sporadic okay. thing. So like with the, well, you know, you're a musician with the creative process, like just don't try to force something that, oh, yeah. you know, is going to block it. Just if, yep. like that's what I do is I sit it and write down. And then if I don't, like I'll have my phone on me. I think me and... Nate talked about it the last time. Like something will just pop up when you're in eating dinner or something. I think I remember you, know? you saying that. Yeah, and so that would help with me. But don't don't feel bad if you can't like read. Sometimes I'll just have to read, you know, like a book or um, like a paragraph at a time and set it down. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really good. Yeah. Uh, speaking about uh, sermon prep, let's get back on your sermon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you pulled up a ton of really really good scripture. Um, a lot of it was out of Mark this week because that's where we see the story. Mm. Um, as you so so you thought of the idea and then like you know it came to you and you and you knew what your points were you know as you were rereading the story did anything new come out maybe this time that you didn't know before and if not that's okay i was just wondering um not really okay there were like certain points that were like um i remember like when i was in the first service there was stuff that i didn't say in the second and um because like there were points in there, especially when it was talking about like the demonic man. Yeah. There were there wasn't very many notes, like just on the secret tip. There wasn't that sure. many notes there, and I had to. I'm like, I always get nervous, like on that because I'm like, man, I don't have you know enough written down. But I know like he's leading me. So if yeah. you do that, he's leading me to leave it open for like him to speak. You yeah. know, and that's always like, it's almost as terrifying as singing, um, but. Just to sit up there and and read that and then feel God move in it and then speak is mm. always um, a treat for me. Because you don't ever get that feeling like you're good to go before. Like you get up, you have to get up there first, yeah. and then it comes. You know? mm-hmm. So it's like I'm, I'm learning that. So the, the newness of that's 
kind of wearing off, but it doesn't ever get, um, doesn't actually ever go away. So mm -hmm. that's probably something, I guess, new that, you know, I, it was more about me, I guess. Yeah. You know, the, the whole idea and the whole, the whole premise of, you know, demonic possession itself, mm. okay? I, I think that a lot of today's Christianity just ignores the spiritual agree. world. For sure. Yep. Whether it's because we don't understand it, we don't want to understand it, or we're feel fearful of it, it just gets ignored. It's not talked about. And, yep. like, it's so funny. And, like, I'm so glad that you chose the sermon that you did because, um, you know, in my idle time, I'll flip through Instagram or something like that. I'm back on my social medias, mm. you know, and, uh, you know. Uh, very, I, I see myself getting rid of them again in the near future. Um, but... I keep coming past this one pastor. Um, his, I think his name is Mark Driscoll. I don't know. I don't know. I like him. Does he have a beard? Kind he of does have a beard. Dude. Yeah, he's just like a middle-aged kind of guy. Yeah. He, looks, he just looks like a man's man sort of a thing. He is. He okay? is. Yep, I've and, seen him. And um, I don't know anything about him. But I've only seen like little 13, 14-second mm. clips of him. So I don't know how legit he is. But in the things I've heard, it's been pretty pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty blunt. Um, he's very, very blunt. <laughs> and... Um, I when 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 I think of your sermon notes and the conversation that we've had so 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 far, I'm reminded of a lot of the little clips I've seen of him mm. that talk about like spiritual warfare. Okay, yeah. you you brought up talking about how you know be a man of God. We're in a battle, and now you're you know talking about legion and being possessed by these things, right? Sure. You know, so that spiritual warfare, it's like it's clicking with me a lot, and I'm just you know prone to it right now because it's it's in my front of mind, sort of a thing. Yeah. And it makes me realize it's just like I think that we know so little about what what spiritual warfare really looks like. Yeah. And we know little about it, not that um, not that we don't have information on it, because Scripture shows us a lot, but I mean, like, we might not be aware that there are people around us that are under possession. Yeah, yeah. You know, have you ever thought of that? Yeah, for sure. So I honestly think, so I use, like, if you look at this story of, like, Mary and Joseph, when, when the family, Christ's family, came under attack, Mm -hmm. Like, God came to Joseph, the leader of the house. I truly believe that the majority of the men today that deal, not all of them, but I'd say a good portion of them, deal with temptation and um, depression and all of that is due to the fact that they're the head of their household and they have no idea what it is. Mm, could be. Truly believe. Yeah. Then, and at least some, you know, because... <clears throat> If you're the head of your family, that you're the target. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's like if you're going to get in a bar fight, you hit the biggest guy in the room first. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not if that you... I've ever been in a bar fight, but <laughs> <laughs> I might have been in a few. Okay. Awesome. No, yeah. but anyway, uh, yeah. I and I think negligence on um, our part, as you know, maybe leaders in the, in the faith is that we don't maybe talk about it enough because it's it doesn't really sit well with the majority yeah you know and i i don't really quite understand that part if you're getting into the gospel message and you're reading you know you there's obviously demons in the bible you know and they there didn't are. just go away yes you know and jesus charged us with casting them out and all that other stuff so and i think partly of it is because like a lot of people think that they're just 
causing attention. They just want attention on themselves and all that other stuff. And, you know, but maybe they're not, you know. Wouldn't it be an interesting thing to find out, like, um, how many, how do I say this? I don't want to make anybody upset, okay? Okay, let me just premise by this. I, I do have a bachelor's degree in psychology. Cool. Okay? That's what I went to school for. I used to want to be a counselor. Okay? Nice. Yeah, yeah. In schooling, I had to take a lot of courses on um, all sorts of, you know, mental disorders and things like that. Okay? Wouldn't it be interesting if a lot of you know, the diagnoses of like, oh, you have, you have this, you have this, you have this, talking about mental disorders and things like that, you know, um, wouldn't it be interesting to find out, lo and behold, you actually have a demon? It's interesting that you say that, because one of the things in my notes that I didn't actually say that just popped up when you said that was the scary thing about being diagnosed, right, with Mm -hmm. a certain ailment, not saying that certain people should or they shouldn't, but you are literally now saying, okay, now you have whatever, depression or schizophrenia or whatever, um, and you're labeling that person as having a medical condition, they now accept that as a part of them. Oh, yeah. It's now identity. It's di- Yes. And now they can act out of that freely, and then there's no need to get rid of it. Sure. And what happens if, like, you are literally possessed with a demon, and you go to the doctor and get medication for it, and yeah. now he gets to live in you for the rest of your life? Sure. It's like instead of tackling the problem, like, if somebody says, oh, you, you struggle with de- depression, well, now, throughout the rest of your life, you're going to say... You're going to stay away from the things that trigger you, or yeah. you're going to stay away from like, oh, I can't be in that situation because I'm depressed. And yeah. so, you know, that's, you know, I know what my limitations are. Right. But in reality, what you're saying is, oh, I have a demon. Okay, well, I'm going to do everything I can to not upset the demon. Yeah. Right. You know, right. sort of a thing. And again, I am not a medical professional. I am not a counselor. I do think that counselors were put on this world Mm. to help people okay so i'm not saying throw out your meds and i'm not saying don't seek help okay i'm just opening up the conversation what if right so that's just to bring awareness to it because obviously there's some people out there that are probably going to like listen to that and like don't freak out like if you know like you'll know you know what i mean like if you're a christian obviously you can't be possessed by a demon you can be oppressed but you can't be possessed Because if you remember in the um, scriptures where Jesus said, like, the strong man comes into the household, binds up the the, uh, weak man, and then plunders his house. And he's talking about demon possession. I believe it's like, you know, if you you clean the house and you don't fill it with the Holy Spirit, they'll come back. Mm -hmm. So that's why whenever you exercise someone from, you know, demonic, you have to give their life over to Jesus because that way the Holy Spirit is in you. So if you're a Christian right now and you're listening and you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you're not possessed with a demon. (laughs) I know I don't mean to laugh, but I know a lot of people will probably take that. But... I'm glad you opened that up because that's the cert- that's the conversations that we need to have and and to be able to bring awareness to it. Like you yeah. don't just shy away from these conversations just because it's going to make somebody, you yeah. know, feel bad. Like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, we're supposed to feel bad. Maybe we're supposed to reevaluate the situation that you're in. You know, like the prophets of old, they were trying begging people to wake up, you mm-hmm. know, and they wouldn't. So. But yeah, I think that's really, really good. Not everybody that has, obviously, depression is a clinical thing. And 
um, the brain is an organ just like the heart, and sure. we take medication for our head just like sure. we do yeah. for our heart. But like what you said, though, like it, it seems like in a culture now that everything is a diagnosis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wait. We're over-diagnosed. We right. Just like, mm-hmm. everybody has something. Yeah. You know, and then um, that that's the part that gets me, like, you know, just wait. I think, like, what would, ha- what would truly help with that is sit down with um, a leader of the church or a pastor before yeah. you start taking medication, obviously. Get some counseling that's Christian, that is right. filled with the Holy Spirit, so you can, if you need to do heart work, you can have those conversations that come out. And then, even then, though, um, after that, after, like, some waiting, um, then, you know, go to the doctor, get an opinion, and then make a decision through mm-hmm. prayer yeah. and through, um, like, your elders, people, like, you know, that are in your community to help you get, like, I think it's in Proverbs somewhere. I need to read more read Proverbs, like, the... The more counselors you have, the more wisdom you have. Mm-hmm. So I think if yeah. you're going to, as a Christian, if you're going to go and think about like medication, I think that that should be a group decision. Sure. You know, I think you should get a whole bunch of things um, done and talked about before you, you know, accept something like that. Sure. So. Sure. Um, I like what you said too, and I like that you brought to light that, you know, when you give your life to Christ, Okay, when you are a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit resides in you, mm. um, that fills you, and so you you aren't demon possessed. But no. the spirits, the evil spirits, they might still whisper in your ear. Sure, for they sure. They might still be around you. They yes. might still be the root of your temptation. Yep. You know, and like I've noticed that that like um, a lot of times, and maybe I'll talk about it on the thirtieth. Who knows? Okay, Spoiler. but a lot of times. <laughs> um, when you're feeling like you're really being um, attacked, mm-hmm. okay, if you remove yourself from the environment that you're in, it's a lot easier to deal with the attack. It's almost like it goes away. Hmm. Like um, I've heard of people like praying over their homes or things like that. Um, but I, I've, told, I've had conversations with my wife about this. I really sometimes am convinced that there is like a spirit of laziness that lives in our home or 100%. like or like a spirit of just um that just um wants us to stay idle and glued to our phones or like you know or just wants us to be cynical with the world or something that just resides with us and it's in our home and like when we're home for a long time and we're laying on the couch and we're just like it's almost like you just feel like sick and heavy you know like yeah. you can feel it and then once you get outside oh, it's gone Yep. You know, because yeah. it's in the home, whispering these things in your ear, trying to get you to do things. For sure. Now, if talking about spirits with other Christians is it's one thing, but when the outside world s- starts hearing conversations like this, all of a sudden you sound like the crazy person, <laughs> which is why I feel like it's demonic possession and stuff is just not talked about, you know? There's a spiritual realm that we don't see that's around us all the time and just everyone just kind of like oh don't talk to that guy he's crazy he's, he's he thinks there's spirits and stuff yeah. yeah the bible says so you know it's funny what comes to mind and is every time that you pray you're entering into spiritual warfare mm-hmm. you like every if you're praying or if you're interceding for someone like you're praying against darkness like i remember um daniel prayed and fasted and the reason why god answered his prayer you know and he sent an angel he sent gabriel but what held it up was the prince that was over the principality that was over top of that region mm-hmm. that's what st- it wasn't that god didn't answer it it was that it was stopped by warfare 
So if you think of it like that way, like you're you're operating in it and you don't even know you're operating in it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times like where I know we normally don't have these conversations, so it's really, really interesting. Like if, if there's a department store that you go into and all of a sudden you feel like that laziness yeah. or you feel like um, – Maybe you feel just super angry, and I'm I'm not saying like yeah, I'm not talking like nothing happened. You just walked into a different environment yep. and you started angry. I I would like to interject this: whoever's own whoever owns that store is in charge of it is probably dealing with that. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, and it, and it's revelation, and you need to like so for me it would be you know maybe pray yeah. for that person you know, or if you go into someone's house just be mindful of that yeah. you know so. It's interesting. It's really good talks, though. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Um, it makes me think, too, of this is another um, uh, reel from that Mark Driscoll. He was mm. saying, like, whenever you're trying to do something for your ministry, there's a spirit that wants to do the anti-version yeah, of your ministry. for sure. You yeah. know? So, yeah. like, if, like, the one thing that could hold you back would be, like, you're just cynicism and you just don't trust people, then there's going to be a spirit of skepticism that's going to just follow you and trail behind you and tell you that you can't trust that person. That person's talking behind your back, you know? And it's just going to try and tear you apart from the inside because they know they can't dwell in you. Right. You know, so they're just going to do what they can from the outside. Yep. Your circumstances will be stirred up Ooh. like you just stepped on a hornet's nest. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's why I went in that message, I was I was telling the guys and, the, and the girls in there that pray for your leaders. Yeah. Because they're the tip of the arrow, like, if you think about it with like Nate, like he's the one that teaches all scripture, or not all scripture, but he teaches like the majority of it in our church. Yeah. So if you want to take out a church, who do you think you need to go to? Sure. Yeah. Imagine Tear what imagine what that man goes through. Yeah. On the on the, I mean, you know, you're on the worship team. You know, I'm sure you you have battles and stuff that uh, you, you have know. that you know you normally don't talk about. I um I actually I shared this with Nate a few months ago and um. You know, it took me a long time to realize what was happening, but um, I shared with Nate. I pulled him aside one one day. I brought him up in the sound booth. It was just me and him talking, and I was like, dude, I got to tell you, the enemy is putting a lot of negative thoughts in my mind against you. And, like, I have these feelings where, like, I feel like you don't trust me. I feel like this, this, and this. And I was sharing all kinds of stuff with him. That's awesome. And, like, uh, I had to tell him because, like, I knew that I was getting attacked. I know that that's not... I know that that's not true, but I get fed these things, and, and I really feel like it's something is trying to drive the staff apart. For sure. You know? Yeah, and I don't mean to sense. laugh, but yeah. I mean, a lot of people will just think it's like, oh, we're just fighting. Like me and Tina, Yeah. Um, I know like a lot of um, people see that dynamic and don't understand it um, because she leads the ministry. She's a woman, and I'm a man, and she's married. Yeah. I'm very, very close to their family, but there is a lot countless of times where the enemy will try to pin us against each other and yeah. do it through people that don't even know they're doing it yeah. you know and and i understand that because if if you think about it you lead worship nate leaves leads in the teaching mm -hmm. you two in unification is literally you both are over a whole congregation of people he doesn't have to go to um the congregation as much as if he can spread to point push you two apart mm -hmm. you know if he can get you two apart and get you guys 
uh, to divide, then that filters through the whole congregation, yeah. you know? So it's like super important to be close, you know? And, and that's what drives me real close to Tina. Like that's my sister. I love that woman with all my heart. I love her husband. Me and her husband are really, really tight and I love her babies. I love yeah. her kids. Mm-hmm. And through that though, um, when we're open, like when we talk about it, like what you did, like when you went to Nate and it was authentic and just open up your heart, that's mm-hmm. the part that makes me, um, that brings people and brings unity mm-hmm. because you know that person's going to speak about what they're going through. Like, I, um, I know that Tina's always going to tell me what's, what's on her heart always. Yeah. Like she's not going to hide nothing from me and vice versa, you know? So yeah. it's, I think it's really cool to, to open that up a little bit, to see that part of it mm-hmm. that people that normally wouldn't. I remember this one, this one, um, I it was like, I think it was on pure, it was on pure flicks, but there was a story where, Okay, so I'll say it real quick. I know sure. we're probably running. Oh, no, we're okay. We're running a lot on time. So there was this, um, he actually played Superman a long time ago. So he was real rich. Okay. And he had a mom that was had Alzheimer's. She didn't even talk. She was basically a vegetable. And he was like real successful in the world, right? And But he never gave his life to Jesus. And so he they don't have conversations. She just sits and stares at the wall. So he goes and visits her. And he goes, um, he's like, explain to me. Why in the world you're sitting there? You gave your life to Jesus. You did everything that you were supposed to do, and you were sitting there motionless, can't talk. And I have never gave my life to Jesus. And I'm sitting here, and I have enough money. I have peace in my life. I don't have any conflict whatsoever. And um, it's real eerie. But all of a sudden, she came out of her Alzheimer's and looked at him and said, Sometimes the devil will make your jail cell so comfortable in sin and he doesn't attack you, so you have no need to get out of it. And I'm like, <laughs> and then she just goes back to like normal. And it was like, that's so, wow. it's like, that was like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I yeah. wish I could put that, you know, on repeat for people. Man. You know, he'll make your jail cell. And then this is the other part. And she says, the bad part is at the end of your life, mm-hmm. that, that jail cell is always open through yeah. your whole life. Like, you can walk through that door is like Jesus. But when that door shuts, like it's no longer pillows, mm-hmm. it's it's no longer comfortable. That's mm-hmm. your eternal existence. Yeah, and and that's another message I think people need to like Ooh, to listen to. Man, it's, that is I've never heard that. Yeah, there's consequences to your actions. Yeah. you know. I mean, it makes it makes total sense. Um, yeah, I, I I saw something else too when you said jail cell. Um, there's a reason why these are called cell phones. Oh, see. You know, see, because yeah. it's imprisonment. You Have know? you ever seen Wally? Wally? Yeah, like the animated Pixar yeah. with the robot. Wally. Yeah, yeah, I totally have. Remember the people on the ship that were always in front of yeah. the screen? Yeah, and yeah, then like yeah. they were just like they had to like wake up to sure. see what was going on. Yeah. That's what I always. And they think were like about. real round and like <laughs> yeah. slippery. <laughs> oh, oh man, that 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 film was probably ahead of its time a little bit, right? You know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> If you're still with us, like, <laughs> wow, you rock. Thank you guys so much for listening along with this. It, we didn't mean for it to be a rabbit trail, but, like, when we're talking about possession and, and like, the, you know, forces of the spiritual world, um, I mean, that's not what I was planning on talking about today. I really was wanting to talk about your message, but your message it is, was, it, it, it is relevant, you know. I don't, I don't know, like, if we do have these conversations in our church. I know we do at CR, yeah. a lot like it's um the the leadership there um the women and the men that that lead are very much aware mm-hmm. um of demonic um, de- um possession yeah 
oppression. Um, they, they get spiritual warfare. I mean, they they walk in it a lot. Like I would love, I, I need you to give a shout out to all those leaders at CR because yeah. they yeah. literally walk in it, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but, and they have something to teach people too. Like if, if you ever want to like, you know, hear about something like that, mm-hmm. ask Tina or ask somebody along on those leadership things yeah. and they'll, they have a whole prefla of stories I bet to tell you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Well, um, let's let's take a moment here. And um, was there anything in particular about your message that you were worried would not get conveyed clearly, or that you wanted to spend any extra time today just telling people about? Or? I think we hit it. Actually, okay, awesome. I think it was the demon possession part. Yeah, that it's real. That it's real. And so that that's the like the big the big thing um, that I. I'm glad we got to talk about it today, though, because it's Good. it's easier to talk about in like this environment because mm-hmm. there's so many people, you know. And it was interesting. I like sitting here talking with you. We normally yeah, don't chat it up like same. that. It was cool. Same. But I think that was it. I think we covered it really. Good. And Good. Yeah. I mean, it's it blows my mind if you know if, if we're gonna think back on that story. Um, just the idea. Um, you know, we are legion. I mean, that's a that is a scary thing. And For like. Sure. What what was it? Six thousand or over six thousand? Yeah, in the studies I had, it's it's four to six thousand. The yeah. highest is six thousand. Gosh, and like to imagine what that would look like in today's world. I mean, I don't even know if we can fathom. You know, it's like the guy he couldn't be. You know, he was breaking chains. He couldn't be subdued. I mean, the guy had to. I mean, it doesn't outright say that he was that he looked really muscular, right? It just says no. that he. I mean, he could have been the scrawny. Yep. kind of a guy but just like there was an inhuman strength about him correct you know man it's crazy to think he said about. he was naked and that he was just i mean you could just imagine what mm-hmm. he looked like you know yeah. just out of his mind could you imagine having six thousand personalities running around in you no no and like what what's crazy is like um in a really really sad way a realization here is that Throughout our day-to-day lives, when you see people that are really, really hurting, that are obviously suffering, they're suffering, there's a high possibility that they're suffering because of a similar sort of event, sure. a similar sort of possession, you know, um, and, and um, I, th- I, think, I think that's why I like your homework so much. I think your homework is really challenging. I think that, um, you know, there's some homework out there that's like, hey, reread this passage and write down what it means to you. But like your homework was go out of your way to meet somebody that's suffering. Yeah. For all of the introverts out there, they all like you know, shivered in their seats a little bit, you know, their hearts sank to their chests, you know, maybe they peed a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I say that sometimes, (laughs) you know, but like, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting. I think I I get to talk about it again um, because we're going to do something in the Psalms here soon. Yeah. It's about prayer and um, the language of prayer. And I think like, um, like I would love to just talk to introverts because they have such an inclination to go inside, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is um, where the Holy Spirit resides. Mm-hmm. And that's like half of prayer right there is to go on the inside. But once you go on to the inside and you meet the Holy Spirit within you, it will you will naturally flow out to the outside. 
You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I, I love introverts. Yeah. You know, well, so. well, see, it's funny because there are some qualities that we see of Christ that are introverted. Sure. How he withdrew from the crowds. Right. You know, and there's certain aspects, you know, where he's extroverted too, where like he obviously speaks to the masses and things like that too. Sure. So it's like you can use your introverticism. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can, it sounds good. You can use that and still share the gospel in some way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was another thing I like to say at the end is like you, however you share the gospel is okay, as long as you're sharing it. You know. Yeah, as long as you share it, and then you, uh, speaking of which, you also said meet one person who is suffering and ask how you can help them, and you know, um, you might have that conversation then. You know, they yeah. might share something with you that is like something that you know, like you're not ready to answer, and you're like, well, I don't know how to answer that, but yeah. I know your first steps, and yeah. it's this guy called Jesus. You yeah. know. Yeah. And a lot of people I hear, not a lot of people, but similar things that I hear like, oh, well, I don't want to give him money because he's going to go drink. And this is what I would like to say to that. So just as an example, maybe okay. just to like open your mind a little, you know, is that what God knows how many drinks it's going to take for that person to come to him. Mm-hmm. So if it's six more drinks, why wouldn't you want to give him the sixth or the fifth or the fourth or the third? Wow. You know? So, I mean, that's probably a little outside of the box, but... It is outside the box. Think about think about it in terms of that. Like, I remember, um, I mean, I can... You're one drink closer to finding Jesus. Yeah. Like, I mean, he knows that. He does know it. So whenever you're given money, it's, it's... And also, too, you can reflect back on your heart. It's less more about what they're going to do with it, because you're almost saying that they deserve it or don't deserve it. Yeah. And then you can tie that back to Moses hitting the rocks. Saying casting that they, judgment, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't be getting God's blessing, because God's blessing comes on everyone, even if they misuse it. Yeah. You know, so um, it's more about your heart, too. You know, yeah. like what's... I've never thought of it that way, um, but when, when, whenever I've, I have thought about something like that, or whether it's just like giving money or somebody, it's, it's like what they do with the money is irrelevant. You know, it's the fact that are you going to follow through with what you're convicted about? Sure. You know, so. And also, too, like just from that side of it, of get, receiving money when I was down, there were times when like um, I was drinking and there was a point in time where... I knew if I didn't have something to drink, like my body could go into shock, and then boom, twenty dollars would be there by a walker, like a passer or a passer buyer. Mm-hmm. Like my body needed it, and then I would get up and I would be fine. But now looking back on that, like uh, I remember, or I remember thinking like God still loved me even when I would uh, when I was down and out, you know. Yeah. And that could be something that somebody reflects on and thinking like, oh my gosh, God still loved me in my mess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what it does for mm-hmm. me. As I'm sinning, I know that I'm still loved. Yeah. Thing. And you it just know. does undoes you. Like it undoes it. It's just, it's, it's yeah. so much deeper than just, you know, do they deserve it or what are they going to buy with it? Yeah. Like it really is. Something, so. something that speaks to me so much lately is like, you know, I'll catch myself in sin and then in that same day, maybe just hours later, you know, something wonderful and unexplainable happens to me. And it's like, why on earth is God rewarding me right, right, right now? I don't deserve any sort of blessing, you know? I des- yeah. you know and it's just like the, the blessings still come, and um, it is very humbling. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that speaks to me. Like, yeah. like for me, when I would get in trouble when I was young, younger, um, my parent telling me that they were disappointed in me meant waves more than my parent just yelling at me and being mad. Yeah. 
You know, so it's interesting that you say that because I go through the same things. I think it might be because you're, you know, where you're at Mm -hmm. and leadership wise. So on a leadership, you know, you're supposed to have a certain lifestyle and you're supposed to have expectations. Above reproach. Sure. (laughs) And you're supposed to. But what I've learned with, with walking with Jesus in the limited time that I have walked with him is that when I would sin, um, my ego was still at work when I wanted the deserved punishment. So it's flipped. Yeah. So we're always, we always, um, you always get what you deserve. So the ego is still at work in there. You mm-hmm. know, like if you do good, you want something good. So when you do something bad, what makes you feel better deep down inside, especially if you're, you know, in this life is the discipline aspect of it, which there is discipline, but when God, like just for me, like God showed me more in not disciplining me about grace mm-hmm. than disciplining me. Like I do get disciplined for sure, yeah. you know, but if I get too much on the ego side, mm-hmm. he'll send me a, a gift in my disappointment to lower it and say, listen, this is my yeah. heart. You know, yeah. this is what, this is me, you mm-hmm. know, because <laughs> he does a, discipline. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's almost like we, 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 we feel like we would feel better about our sin if we would just get the slap on our wrist. And, and then like, be done. And then be done. That, right. But then God doesn't. He withholds it or like he's like, no, you're going to get coddled instead. Yep. You know? And he, that's like the ego. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you it's get a... Humbling. Re- it's humbling. Right. Like, it, like, it, it takes us off of our little pedestal. And, and that's like the, the wisdom of God and like just the intrinsic nature of his loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Like... Because he disciplines us, and then you know, Killing even some people say that like <laughs> sin, sin is the discipline. Mm. You know what I mean? Like sin, yeah. I've heard that too, and like that's a good reflection too. But yeah, that's neat, man. Hey, um, this was all a really good conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad that you know the first two takes of this didn't work, so that we had this take <laughs> to use. You know, I'm actually really, you know, this was a blessing. So well, you encouraged me to that you actually brought out you know demonic. Um, possession and you actually talked about it so oh, that was cool. really really cool man like a lot of people don't do that i have a know? lot to learn about it still but yeah, me too i do think it's interesting to talk about sure know? for yeah. sure all right um well this is your last chance uh bill is there is there anything at all that closing remarks that you got for people yeah um i would just like to give a shout out to all the leaders out there that run our church like the elders the women that um have been the backbone of this and um that are like the unsung heroes or the unnamed heroes. Like there's a lot of this church functions in a way that like the reason why it does is, is because of the people that run it, like the people that are here when nobody's here cleaning, mm-hmm. um, just anything that needs fixed. Um, all those people, even people that cut the grass, um, I just wanted them to know that, you know, that they're just as important. You know what I mean? They yeah. are. And this thing ticks and this thing runs because of them. Yeah. It takes and a lot of people to get a Sunday morning running. For sure. And I wanted to say thank you that on on stage because of all the sound and all of that stuff. And even you um, leading worship and then doing my slides. I don't know how you do that. You're like Rain Man with the slides because <laughs> you got them done in like five minutes. Oh, man. It would have took me like three hours. But, uh, no, it's nothing. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the all the people that, you know, contribute and serve. You awesome. Know. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to be on this podcast, too. I know you got a busy week, so we want to thank you for that. And also, you know, just thank you for, you know, giving us the message and giving us that and just being, you know, just being obedient to whatever God was telling you. And, um, you know, it's it's encouraging and it's good. Thank you. It's good. I love, it. I love having conversations with you, man. 
awesome. All right, everybody. I'm going to call it there. If you made it all 51 minutes, congratulations. You get a gold star. I'll give you a cookie someday, something. I don't even know. <laughs> um, but uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us, um, nick at churchintheav.com. And then um, also, too, when Abe comes back, you know, and also, too, you know, in August, Nate, Nate, Nate will be back with us. Um, but in, before then, Jason McDonald is going to be giving us the scripture, mm-hmm. giving us the sermon, the word, uh, this upcoming Sunday. If you haven't had a chance, um, you'll want to meet Jason McDonald and next week. be ready week. to laugh. Be ready to laugh, yes, and be ready to listen. The guy's a talker, yeah. you know, <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, very knowledgeable. All right. Guy. All right, everybody, I'm signing off. Have a blessed week, and thank you for joining us at Beyond the Row.